What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. You lost it for yourself. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We're not going to waste any time here because we have on the phone line right now, Mr. Scott White, a.k.a. Gunner Stahl, a.k.a. Scooter, a.k.a. Scott Vanderbilt, which we learned in the last episode from the D3 novelization. Scott, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Number one. You lost it for yourself. Number two, <laughs> great game, Gaffney. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. And the Scott thing, that third number three, I didn't even, I didn't know. Scott Vanderbilt. Wow, fantastic. There's yeah, yeah. So uh, we discovered these novelizations that apparently like Walt Disney licensed. And they wrote basically novels of the books, but there some of the like details are very different for some reason. Like in the third one, they called Goldberg Gary Goldberg, and uh, yeah, so you, there he is, Gary Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. So the That's goalie was. I don't know if everyone, if everyone in the movies was like Gary Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So the goalie was named Scott Vanderbilt. So uh, we just sort of Scott ran Vanderbilt. with it there. But uh, the famous look, Vanderbilt, the famous line of goalies, the Vanderbilt line of, I mean, my grandfather was a goalie, but his, <laughs> my father was a goalie, his great grandfather was a goalie. I mean, that's the background. Thank you for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So let's go way back here and uh, was looking Take at your IMDb and it, you okay. were uncredited as boy number three in Tequila Sunrise and then your <laughs> next credit is Gunnar Stahl in D2. How did that you must come about? You must have killed it as boy number three. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing how quickly I jumped up the Hollywood ranking system. I mean, I went from, <laughs> I went from last place to, uh, to second place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, you know, the, going back to, uh, to that first job there, Tequila Sunrise, uh, that was... That was being filmed in, uh, it, I'm from Manhattan Beach, born and raised pretty much. Uh, and in her, I think in Manhattan Beach or Hermosa Beach, I think Manhattan Beach, they were shooting uh, Tequila Sunrise in uh, in someone's house that it was like my brother's friend's aunt's house in Manhattan Beach. <laughs> so we just went down there to watch them film one day and they just said, hey, uh, you know, you guys want to walk by as we're filming the a shot of the beach? <laughs> <laughs> and so that became that. And then it kind of took on a life of its own. I honestly, there is no boy number three that ever happened. I don't know. I promise you I had nothing to do with that credit. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're when you're starting out in, in, in acting, you just put anything you can on your resume. It's like singing in the shower. That was one of my credits. <laughs> and so we put that on. I mean, that went on my resume, but um, but somehow, I mean, it, literally, I remember one day it was just like we were looking up IMDb. It was like boy number three. Where did that come from? <laughs> and but I just said, all right, well, I'll run with it. I'll say I was boy number three at the party. <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't even see the movie. Was there even a party in it? <laughs> so did you get paid so, for that? Uh, no, no, no. That was just. I mean, it was literally. There was two things. There was another fun fact. I was in the movie Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, nice. With my brother. And how that was, it was a similar thing. We were at a hotel in Las Vegas. And, and the funny thing about this one is, so my brother and I were down in the lobby watching them film. And they said, we need a shot of, you know, they were getting a shot of like the hotel lobby. And they said, hey, do you two kids want to be in the film? And, and, our, and our parents were like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're actors. <laughs> So they said, all right, stand over here by, you know how hotels have those racks of like tourist book, you know, little pamphlets yeah. on what to do? So they said, all right, you two stand over here and, and look through these pamphlets. But but the whole thing is like my brother at the time, I was maybe nine or 10 and my brother was 13 or so. So you like, couldn't why read? Why would two small kids? Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> read probably, most likely. 
And the question was like, why are these two kids like they're planning a family vacation? Like, <laughs> deal with that. Um, but that is another. That's a true story, and I don't know if that shot ever made it into the movie. I'm I doubt it. I don't know, but um, but maybe it's in there. Uh, but I did get to meet in the elevator. I got to meet Sylvester Stallone, and uh, and at the time he was dating. I think he was dating when they did the Ivan Drago Rocky. There was a blonde lady that I think he was dating for a little while after. I don't remember the actress, and I feel embarrassed to not know. Was she but, super um, tall? Yeah, and she was beautiful. She was like a model, right? Was it like then, uh, Brigitte Nielsen? Yeah, was, yeah. Is that who it was? Yeah, yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah, okay, there you go. And so we yes. met her in the. We met them both in the elevator one day, going up to they. Uh, they probably had the penthouse. I'd like to say we had the penthouse, and they had like you know the cheap thirty nine dollars suite. But I think it was the opposite <laughs> way around. So you know, it's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, you go on the floor four, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll just go to floor four. You go, you go up to the top. You go to the where's the pH. <laughs> so, nice. um, but yeah, and then uh, yeah, so I had been I started acting when I was about ten years old, um, and. Uh, I was playing hockey at the time. Now I'm just going to give you all my information. Um, uh, we're down. So I was playing. Okay, great. So at 10 years old, living in L.A., there was news that Wayne Gretzky was coming down to L.A. for the Kings from uh, Canada. And I had already known a little bit about hockey. But uh, when that news came, a, a lot of L.A. just like flipped. I mean, everyone got so excited. That was that was a huge, huge thing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, then the focus became hockey. But I quickly, even before that announcement, I was already skating and interested in hockey. But when that news came out, it was like the next level. So then I, you know, joined the league and I and I started playing. I was the first kid on the block to have rollerblades and stuff. And um, and I had played. I started so I started when I was ten. And then I was doing acting also. I was in the Slim Jim's commercial and Pop Tarts commercial, a bunch of these little uh, very healthy spots. <laughs> very yeah, part of. The, Part of this perfect balanced breakfast. Um, <laughs> the pop tarts were gross. The Slim Jims were amazing. Wow. I'll leave it at that. That's yeah. still true. I was spitting out all the pop tarts on set, and it was like 160 takes of me taking a bite out of the pop tarts because it had to break a certain way, and it had to, <laughs> you know, I had to chew it a certain way. It's really you can find it on my YouTube page. Oh, I think my YouTube page yeah. is the Scott White W H Y T E, and I have uh, the video of the Pop Tarts commercial and the Macho Man Slim Jim commercial. So, what was Randy Savage Jim. like? Oh, Randy Savage was the best. Oh yeah! <laughs> I think we Savage just found was... a new intro. <laughs> <laughs> the quack attack is back, Jack. Oh yeah! <laughs> All right, uh, enough of that. I'll try to keep the imitations and and things like that to a minimum. But um. But uh, the Slim Jim's commercial, Randy was uh, very nice, very cool. The first second, I mean, I met him as I was walking into the hotel to check in with my mom, and I think my brother was out there. He was walking out to maybe go to dinner or something, and uh, and he and I said hi. I'm like, oh wow, I'm a big fan, blah blah blah. And just at the time when that happened, now this is going back, but he had just wrestled a match where he fought Jake the Snake Roberts. And Jake the Snake Roberts had a had this big python mm -hmm. that that he, he it was famous it was a famous fight because he held down Macho Man, he grabbed the snake and he made that snake bite on to Macho Man. Oh. And uh, and this just happened like a week before I flew out there. And it was kind of a big thing because the snake had never been used like that before at all. And I just I asked him, I was like, Wow, you got bit by the snake we just watched that and he's like yeah he showed me the you know the, the wounds from the from the snake bite and he said it hurt so bad <laughs> and then he said the funny thing is like three days afterwards the snake died <laughs> oh, wow so um yeah looking back you know some of those wrestlers i don't know what they had in their bloodstreams and stuff but <laughs> you can't help now but put two and two together and go maybe the snake ingested some blood that had something yeah. in him that uh, made the snake OD. I, I don't even know. but uh, Wow, did PETA get involved? Yeah, so, <laughs> what's that? Did PETA get involved? <laughs> I know, I think this is, well, let's see, that was like the, around 1990 or so. Maybe PETA wasn't quite the powerhouse it is now. But, uh, <laughs> they're, they're big wrestling sure, fans, I, so they probably let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. PETA, don't kill animals, but wrestling is cool. <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, man. So when I worked on that commercial, um, 
we uh, I must have taken about 200 bites of the Slim Jims, and those you do a lot of those takes working on those commercials because they have to break just right. You, have, you know, again, it's like how you chew them, how they break when you like when you snap into a Slim Jim, and um, and I chewed and swallowed every bite of those Slim Jims because I was a Slim Jim freak. And not <laughs> only that, they sent me boxes of Slim Jims afterwards. They were so nice to me. Maybe and in lieu so of a I gift basket, like, you can send us some Slim Jims. <laughs> I still got them from 1980. I'll send them right over. <laughs> They're a little bit moldy, but once you get the white dust stuff off of them, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. I don't right. think those things ever mold. The grade, yeah. No, I, I, think, I think you're right on that, yeah. So um, anyway, from there, uh, just kept doing auditions and things. I was close to booking a role in the movie Hocus Pocus, which was an awesome film. Love that movie. I, I, I auditioned for that maybe nine times, something like that, with a guy named Kenny Ortega who directed it, who I'm still in touch with today. Very nice guy, a great great, great director. He was also Michael Jackson's choreographer. Uh, he did news, he worked on newsies. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of things. Um, but, uh, he was great. Uh, I didn't get the role, unfortunately. And then I remember sitting in the theaters, watching Mighty Ducks 2 in the theaters thinking, wow. I mean, uh, watching Mighty the Ducks original one. Ducks in the yeah. theaters. And I remember sitting there going, wow, to, to be an actor and to play hockey, like, this is like the ultimate dream. I mean, that, that, is, that would be like a life-changing event right there. And not two weeks later, and I'm not even joking, I was auditioning for Mighty Ducks 2. Huh. So it was just, I mean, perfect fate or manifestation, whatever you want to call it, I don't know. But, but all the stars aligned, and then I was auditioning. And I originally auditioned for the role of Portman. Oh, um, and it got it got down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm released. I've saved all the good stuff for you guys. Don't worry. I <laughs> share this with everyone. This is all you. This is exclusive. Exclusive yeah. quack attack. We need like uh, the breaking news ticker. <laughs> breaking news. Gunner Stahl auditioned to be Portman. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I uh, auditioned for Portman. Did a few auditions for that. It got down to the final screen test against me and Aaron Lore, who who ended up booking the role. And at the time, you know, pre cell phone, so we were driving home, and the pager went off. You know, we had a pager, so that you know beeps. Then you got to pull over. You got to put the quarters in the, you know, in the phone booth. And so uh, talked to the agent, and they said, hey, you didn't uh, book the role of Portman. But they want to offer you the role of Gunnar Stahl, which is on the bad team. Would you like the role? And uh, and of course the answer was yes. I mean to be in those anything in those movies. And and cut to like all these years later, Gunnar became a very memorable character yeah. that I still, you know, I still get uh, recognized somehow. I mean, I look, you know, I was like ten years old then, and now I'm. I think I'm a hundred. I just celebrated my hundred and forty second birthday, <laughs> so I'm a little bit older. But um, but people still recognize me. I, I played in a cover band for 11 years every weekend uh, in the South Bay here, and every gig people would be quacking in between songs. I mean, it, it really, the Mighty Ducks thing, and I give all the credit to Jordan Kerner, who I know that you've interviewed before, mm-hmm. and um, Jordan's just the sweetest guy. I mean, I can't thank him enough, and he knows it because I thank him all the time, but my whole career is because Jordan was the first person to give me a real opportunity, uh, you know, to be in a film. And that still to this day, I get recognized for and I, and, and that I'm so proud of. And it's just, I'm very lucky, man. Uh, you guys have just like, my whole career has been, I've just been lucky how it's all lined up and, you know, and there's been times where I go, what am I doing? I like, is this the end of my career or whatever? And then something, some other door opens up and something else. And, and it's from, Mighty Ducks, the City Guys, that '70s show, Full House, the Nanny, just shoot me. I mean, I've just, <laughs> and that's just TV, not counting movies and uh, you know, sci-fi horror films and things. I've had, and now voiceover stuff. I've just had a great, I've had a great career. I'm very, very, very lucky that I that I get to do what I do. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of the oh, and then uh, in between Ducks Two and Ducks Three, um, I. Uh, there was, uh, I mean, I, I received a script one day saying, hey, there's this, you know, here's a script to the new Mighty Ducks movie. And 
there wasn't any info saying what character I was going to play. So I read the script and I thought to myself, well, maybe, maybe I'll play, um, you know, maybe I'll play this character. I'll, I'm going to be playing this character. Mm-hmm. And so I called Jordan and said, hey, what, what role am I playing? And he's like, you're playing Scott. We wrote the role just for you. It's your name. And I was like, <laughs> wow, okay, there you go. That's amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Like not even, not even thinking like, oh, I wonder if that's my role because that's my name. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, but yeah, and then that led to a whole new adventure of going back to Minnesota again as a whole different character. I was like the original Eddie Murphy, man. I got these two roles. <laughs> so uh, Eddie Murphy's way better than I was at multiple roles. Though. But, um, but yeah, it was, it, it, it was such a great experience. I mean, to be young, to be working on a movie. I mean, it's like it's like the ultimate dream times 100,000. I mean, I, it's memories I'll always have that uh, that I look back on. I'm always happy to talk about the Ducks. I, I just... It's just been, uh, it was the, it was the springboard and the start of my entire career. So, um, so yeah, it's really a fantastic journey that I've been on. So going into D3, was there any part of you that was, uh, I don't know, concerned or, uh, I don't know, worried about playing a completely different character and people noticing you and noticing that it's the (laughs) same guy? Yeah, most definitely. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, no, you know, I think everyone was cool with it. I, I, at least in front of me, everyone was cool. I don't know if there were discussions behind the scenes or whatever, but there was on another fun fact that that I brought up this last weekend that a lot of the most of the ducks didn't even know about. There was another character in Mighty Ducks Three whose name was Crazy Dave, Ooh. and he was like a little kind of um, like a little weird he was the like a comic relief like a stoner i don't he was like a very kind of poly shore hey buddy like that mm-hmm. who's character man and uh at the table read when we first got to minnesota we read we had a table read and and as you do a table read if not all the roles if all the actors aren't there you just say okay well you read you fill in and read this role you read this role you read this role also and so i was assigned to read this uh character and um and so I read it, and I had a lot of fun doing it. And afterwards, Jordan was kind of thinking, like, well, maybe we can have him play that role, too. <laughs> and, and there was that there was that discussion that I was there for, like, on the spot, because Jordan had, had went, uh, went up to the director um, of D3. Uh, I forget his name, and I'm so sorry about this. Um, I'm embarrassed that I don't remember every name after 25 years. <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, we, he said, hey, what if we have Scott play Crazy Dave? And he said, look, he's already been another character in the movie. Well, we can't have him do three characters in two movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, Eddie Murphy could have done it. I could have done it. But whatever. <laughs> the director uh, so, yeah, was Robert uh, Lieberman, by the way. Rob, there you go, Rob. Rob, Rob. Yes, of course. Uh, great director. Really nice guy, too. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, you know, that almost became three roles. So so there was, at that point, there was a little bit of a discussion about, you know, that I was witness to about like, no, we can't have him. But it didn't, there was never any bad, like, you know, why is he here or anything like that. But um, honestly, if they just called me to go, you know, clean the floors in the bathrooms on D3, I would have done it. I mean, it was, it's such a great, it was such a great experience, great people to be around. Jordan really kept the cast as like a family. Every few months in between movies and after the movies, we'd get together for lunch and stuff. And you guys know a few years back, we all got together at Jordan's place and we had a little barbecue and all. And that was an awesome little reunion for everyone. We all hadn't been together in all those years. Um, and it's just like old times. I mean, you know, it's like when you see a friend and you don't see him for a bit, you get back together and it's like you pick up where you left off and mm-hmm. A lot of laughs and catching up and sharing stories and, and it that's only gotten tighter over the years. I mean, it, it's been nice to you know this last weekend was the first of hopefully a few events that we're all going to be doing together and uh, and it's just great. It's like seeing family again that that you've now known for I mean twenty five. You came out even longer, maybe. Yeah, so, twenty six. And I came out in ninety two with some Mighty Ducks one. Wow, there you go. Fun fact. <laughs> that's so cool anyway so uh so, yeah 
Yeah, Scott, I definitely want to circle back on, on some of the, the stuff that you're doing now as well as the uh, the recent you know kind of uh, reunion you had. But going into to D2, you know, you, they say, okay, you're going to play Gunnar Stahl. You know, he's this Icelandic hotshot. How do you prepare for the role in like your, you know, the lines that you have where you say quack, quack, and then of course, let's go, you know, shake their hands. You lost for yourself. How did you like come up with the accent? Had you ever heard an Icelandic person before? Because we certainly hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> think i had either i still don't think i know what a nice landing person sounds like <laughs> no i'm just kidding um no uh maria who is the female coach on the iceland team she actually is from iceland so um on set i had her to help out but i had um at the time after i booked the role and they said oh iceland here's some of his lines and stuff um my manager at the time and I, we set up an appointment with this guy, Robert Houston, who at the time, he's now passed on, but he was, I mean, he was really old uh, back then with his big white beard, looked like Santa Claus. Um, but he was sort of the dialect coach to the stars back in the day. So he, uh, I met up with him and we went over the lines. We went over like Icelandic phonetics, how they say certain words and all this stuff. And then we went over the lines and word for word wrote out the phonetics, how to say each line, each word, and all this stuff. And then uh, once we started working on set, the lines changed. Some of the lines changed. Um, and then that was, uh, that sort of, um, you know, at that point, then Mario was on set to help me with some of these Icelandic lines. But... Now, at the very end of the movie, when, of course, I'd say you lost it for yourself, that was with the proper Icelandic accent. Mm -hmm. Now, at the last minute, and I can't remember if Let's Go Shake Their Hands and Good Work, Captain Duck was, was a, like a last-minute rewrite or whatever re reason it was, Maria had been wrapped that day, and she wasn't on set. So I had these new lines, and... Um, because I think they were trying to push the fact that Gunner was a nice guy, and they said, "What what else can we add? Okay, let's do you know, let's go shake their hands and let you know." And so when it got to those points in the film, Mario wasn't there to help me, so I said, "Oh, well, how does a Icelandic person really <laughs> sound on the line?" And if you listen back on that, it's just straight Russian. There is no <laughs> it goes from like "Let's go shake their hands" to like like. Or no, it went from like you lost it for yourself to like let's go shake their hands. And <laughs> I mean, it's just like I'm, at that point I wanted to be so PC. I was covering all sorts of European countries and Icelandic, Green and Iceland. I was just like I'm covering it all. I'm doing some Russian. <laughs> I'm doing some German. Whatever comes out, let's do this. So, um, so yeah, that that that's a funny. If you listen to it, there's clearly a, a change in dialect between like. You know, uh, you lost it for yourself. The good work, Captain Duck. I think I do the hard R on the good work. <laughs> I like roll my R. It's fantastic. And that's why I won the Academy Award. No, I didn't. No. I think they they missed. They skipped over me that year for political reasons. They were like, yeah. you can't let Nice Lamp. We have to give it to you know Tom Tom Hanks. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of politics anyway. going on. Though. <laughs> time there lots of politics in hollywood you guys would never know unless you know you're in texas you're fine you come out to hollywood podcasts are very different they're like listen we can't do podcasts like that blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like you know one of you is going to be german one of you has to be you know from uh, australia yeah you know it's you got to be very pc and cover all ground so um, yeah. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Texas, uh, what are the chances that we have one of those reunions here in Dallas? We have we have some fans that are clamoring for it. I'm telling you what, if it's up to me, I will make that happen as much as I can. What you we'll we'll talk outside of the show, out of, outside of the show, and you tell me what like good comic cons or whatever is going on yeah. out there, and uh, and I'll put a call in uh, to my connections and. Uh, and there's also, you know, the guy, the company that organized this uh, last event, Lucas from thephiladelphiaconnection.com. Um, he organizes, uh, he's organized Ducks events in uh, D.C., I think in New York. So he's done some stuff and he's, you know, right now I think all the Ducks are kind of, you know, we're realizing how fun it is to all get together and any excuse to kind of get together 
and then meet some fans. Every every person, you know, on my Instagram page, you can go on my Instagram page uh, uh, at the Scott White W H Y T E also. And I was also snapping photos with some of the, you know, some of the people that come up. You know, it's hard to say fans because I mean, one, I'm a fan of the Mighty Ducks too. I mean, it's surreal that I'm even that I was in the movies. But I mean, we're all friends. It's like I I write people back on Instagram and. You know, I try to keep relationships. You know, if someone takes the time to write me, I believe that it's nice to write them back. You know, I put myself back when I was 10 years old, and, you know, it would have been everything to meet, you know, to write Jack Nicholson and then get an email back from Jack Nicholson or whatever. So, you know, even though we've all grown up and we're all a little bit older and, you know, so long ago, there's still people that love these movies, and if they take the time to write me, I almost always try to take the time to write them back. Unless they're weird. I, then I don't write I, them I have a feeling back. you're about to get a couple thousand letters from us, from, from our quackalites. I will, I will write back every one of you. Unless you're weird. <laughs> so, no, no. It, I, I mean, like, I try to just keep relationships with everyone. Because, um, you know, I mean, it was just as special to me. As, and I love sharing the stories and... Uh, you know, it, it was special to all these people who have kids that have now seen the Mighty Ducks, who now have kids that their kids have seen the Mighty Ducks. You know, it's amazing that, uh, you know, all this time later, the movies still stand up. Um, D1 and D2, you know, D3, that was, you know, that was the Temple of Doom of, uh, you know, the Indiana Jones series, but it's still a respectable you know, I sound like Jeff Bridges. I'm like, yeah, man, it was the respectable man, you know, <laughs> still a popular movie, man. And uh, so, um, but yeah, it's still, uh, it still holds up all these movies and, and, and generations later, it's, it's cool that uh, little kids are now playing hockey because they've seen these movies and they themselves want to play hockey and, and it's great. So why wouldn't you want to just keep the love going you know mm -hmm. so what are the chances uh that we see you in the upcoming uh revitalization of the mighty ducks whether that's in a oh, tv or or movie form a hundred thousand percent you'll be seeing me. nice but Heard it here first <laughs> but that's just that's just that's just according to me so <laughs> and i have no i know nothing so um <laughs> so i'm just completely guessing no, I would be, if, if something happened, I don't know the current state of what's going on with, you know, a show or movie. I think it's the show they're kind of, you know, that kind of was in the news or whatever. Yeah. But um, I would do it in a heartbeat. And and if I'm not playing Gunner or Scott, Scooter, the goalie, I would, I would want to, I, in fact, I would want to play a whole new character again. Yeah, keep it going. Not? Yeah, it's a tradition at this point. I think if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So let's just maybe I could be a different character in every episode. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but actually, I tell my friends that are producers or directors, I write to them. I go, hey, look, man, you know, no matter what movie they're doing, if they're like, hey, Scott, I'm doing a western movie, I always say, hey, 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 what about me? Can I be in it? I'll be pizza <laughs> delivery guy number three. So maybe maybe I could be pizza delivery guy number three in the Mighty Ducks TV series. That would be fantastic. I like it, um, but yeah, I would be, I would do it in a heartbeat, and and I do hope something happens with the Mighty Ducks because I think one, it's a no-brainer, and uh, you know, fans clearly, Boston, you know, or last weekend was was proof that it's like you know it's still going strong, and and next generation, you know, younger kids they're loving it, and if they get the opportunity to see these movies and and if it's a new TV show. You know, I think it, I think it would be great to have a TV show. Why not? In a world where they're remaking every movie and every TV show possible, why wouldn't you want to make a Mighty Ducks show? I think it'd be one. It's great story. It's great stories. It's great, you know, lessons to be learned. It's about team teamwork and uh, you know friendships and not giving up, being determined, working hard. I mean, so many great messages you can get out of the Mighty Ducks movies. So, I would love to see it happen. So Scott, we have uh, we have a lot of fan theories about you know that Iceland team and what happened afterwards. What do you think happened to Gunnar Stahl after you know Julie the Cat saves that shot? And what do you think Gunnar Stahl is doing now, twenty five years later? I haven't thought about it um, really too much. 
So I'm just going to completely go off the top of my head. All right, here it goes, for the record. <laughs> for the record, yeah. Gunnar Stahl, you know, he, he went, you lost it for yourself, blah, blah, blah. But truthfully, Gunnar kind of did also lose it for himself because, you know, the game, everything. He went back to Iceland. I don't know the state of affairs of the Iceland government, but I think they ended up slaughtering and killing half the team. <laughs> um, yeah. It was horrible. Gunnar escaped with his life somehow. He got the shackles off because he was smart. Um, you know, Olaf, I think, was the first one to be beheaded, probably. I think that's <laughs> how they kill people in Iceland. Uh, but Gunnar got away. He grew out a beard. He shaved his head, much like the fugitive and, uh, you know, Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. Uh, this is the whole movie that's going to be in the works now that we're talking. About <laughs> oh, yeah, it. sure. This, this, movie needs, this movie needs to happen. So um, he then laid low for a number of years. Um, his teeth went rotted because he didn't go back. You know, actually, the dentist was also a dentist, funny enough, <laughs> his part time when he wasn't coaching. Like so he this is my favorite work. theory. <laughs> you know, his teeth rotted away. He, things got bad. <laughs> but about 50, you know, 15, 20 years later, he started reading Tony Robbins' books, like inspirational <laughs> books. Of course, they were, re they were rewritten in Icelandic and stuff. Um, he relocated to Germany and became a businessman, and he created Uber. So, oh! Uh, yeah. Wow. I think full circle. That's, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, but he's still kind of laying low under a different name. I don't know who the creator of Uber is, but that's sort of... Travis Kalanick? Yeah. Is. I mean, it was based off, of, uh, off a true story, uh, if you didn't know that, the Gunner character. So. Wow. Um, and he's still wanted in Iceland. And that's why this summer, it's going to be Gunner versus Iceland. It's like <laughs> Die Hard. I'm going to go in and, you know, attack Parliament. I don't even know if they have a Parliament or how the government works, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah that's, it's going to become a series of action films. Like, Gunnar seeks revenge for all of his fallen team members because him and Olaf were, uh, uh, you know, they were like best friends. He's like, you, you lost it for yourself. And he started <laughs> killing everyone. You know, it's, it's a hero film. He's the hero. So. I think, yeah. I think my favorite thing about story? this, I think my favorite thing about this is that Scott knows less about Iceland than we do, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's all true. Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, and I realize this is like 25 years ago, but before the U.S. Iceland game the first time, you said something in Icelandic to Jesse Hall, and he says, what does that mean? And uh, you say, you'll find out. Do you remember what that actually meant that you said? What I said was, father till I'm scorted. And he says, what's that mean? And I go, you'll find out. What that means is I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I think I think roughly translated, and, and I love how people always say, oh, roughly translated, that means the... Uh, but I think on the set, it was kind of something to the effect of, like, go to hell or something. You know, it was something a lot... I think there was a discussion, like, what can we say? And I think Mario helped us out. I think it was something like, what can we say that means, like, go to hell or you're going down or you're going to lose? But I think, as I recall, something like go to hell... I don't know if that's the direct translation because, you know, when you translate stuff, it always changes. But, yeah. um, you know, it could have been like you're going to lose or whatever. But I think I don't really remember the correct 100%, you know, how you write it out spelling-wise. But it was like, Father till I'm scolding. That's all I remember. And then I remember, Viking Garnier! Something like that. I remember all my lines from everything I've ever done, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, mystery solved. <laughs> totally. yeah. Oh, man. So, so, yeah. You talked a little bit about you got recognized for Gunnar Stahl, like everywhere you went for a while, and you still get recognized. Uh, when did you just sort of realize that he had become this sort of like cult character that everybody like loved? Wow, that's a good question, man, because it, it you know, I mean, I was always surrounded. We came back and I was in high school and all that stuff, and everyone knew that I was in the Mighty Ducks or knew that I was Gunner or whatever. So there was already that kind of, um, you know, like I was always 
in some way or for years afterwards surrounded by that whole Mighty Ducks thing. And then I went on to do other acting on other shows and stuff, and people knew that I was on the Ducks. So, you know, it's hard to really go by that because I've always sort of, it's always sort of been in me or, mm -hmm. you know, people have always known that. But I would say maybe the last, you know, like, really, you know, like playing these gigs and people coming in saying, oh, Gunner, because the word got out without me really knowing. You know, I don't, I, for, not a, not ashamed by any means, but I didn't use it as like a marketing tool. I wasn't like Gunner Stahl playing at this bar with his band or anything <laughs> like that. It was, I was just like me. And word kind of got out, oh, that's around the town. Like, oh, that's the kid from Mighty Ducks. That was Gunner and all this stuff. And then maybe 10, 10, uh, no, maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Maybe something like that is when it really started kicking in again, because people would just, people from out of town came into the bar and said like, Oh, I heard that like Gunner Stahl plays at this bar. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Gunner Stahl. So I should have named myself the Gunner Stalls or something. There's actually the, a band. The Gunners and Gunner Roses. <laughs> the Gun oh my goodness. Gunners and Roses. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great name. Maybe that'll be my next band name. But, uh, but yeah, so it's always kind of been there, but the last 10 years, and then like a few years back was the anniversary of the Ducks, and that kicked things into overdrive. Then I started getting asked to do conventions and things again, and, and I didn't really do any, um, you know, because I wanted, honestly, I wanted to have more. I, I had some voiceover things I was holding on to that I was waiting to come out, um, you know, that... And I was like, well, once this drops, then I'll have more publicity. I'll have more to talk about. It won't just be the Ducks and, you know, City Guys and that 70s show or whatever. So I kind of turned it down, waiting for, like, the right moment. And and then this opportunity came up in Boston, and I just, like, it just became the right time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to this convention, and all it's going to be is the Ducks. It's going to be fantastic, and I can't wait. And so, um, because I was wait, like I said, I was waiting for a bunch of things that, that I could talk about. And then I went, you know what? Everyone loves the ducks. Let's just go and we'll just talk about the ducks. And it was a fantastic weekend. But in that, people were coming up saying, hey, left you on City Guys. What's going on with City Guys? You know, all, uh, mentioning other projects. I'm a, one of the voices of the Sims 4 game, which is a huge, mm -hmm. very popular game all around the world. Yeah. And I had, some, I had a few people come up and say, oh, Sims 4, Sul, Sul. You know, people are speaking to me in Simlish and <laughs> asking me to record videos in Simlish and stuff for their friends. And so, um, so it was kind of, you know, it was nice. And I think now is a cool time because we're older and, and there is that new generation and people want, you know, I get people writing me all the time about the stuff. So why not just start hanging out with all these people and meeting all these, you know, all these Ducks friends and, uh, you know, why not? It's fun. It's so much fun. And it's great. It's great for me, too, because it's, you know, it's like a trip down memory lane every time I get to talk to, to you know, great people. And, uh, and, and you guys are included. So, so this right. is my official, this is my official coming out. I'm Gunnar Stahl. I will be at your birthday party next Friday. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, Mike, amazing, Mike has a right? wedding coming up and he's looking for a, for a band. And I think Gunners and Roses would be perfect. You know what? True. I'll tell you what, Mike. Congrats, first, congrats on getting married. Thank and you. And two, we have played about 20 weddings. Uh -oh. And there's been so many, you know, there's, there's always someone that comes up. Hey, dude, can you sit? You know, sometimes it's, you know, the quiet people that are, that are, you know, respectful that say hey i don't want to bug you but can i get a photo with gunner you know and then there's just the drunk people that are like yeah gunner dude gunner i would be the latter while the bride and groom are over there taking their vows getting married people are like dude gunner what up i'll be i'll be doing that anyway even if you don't play the wedding we'll play your wedding thank you so much yeah we'll play your wedding man we're in let's do this all right i'm down uh, Gunner, we don't have too much uh, time left, um, but you know, you, you of course been uh, serenading us with these uh, impressions. You mentioned your voice acting work. I wonder if could you give us yep. your best impression right now? Who do you do best? You did a great uh, Randy Savage earlier. Uh, oh yeah, Randy Savage. Uh, Homer Simpson is always someone that I love doing impressions of. <laughs> Very uh, nice. Wow, that was good. I, I, 
Thank you. So I worked on a Simpsons video game way back in the day when flip phones and they were trying to get video, you know, mobile games going. And I, and I worked, I was, I'm one of the, I mean, I'm the only other person I know of that's been the voice of Homer Simpson um, for a Simpsons project. So, um, so yeah, that was me. And then, uh, of course, I love doing Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future. He's the <laughs> scientist who needs to know 88 miles per hour. So I love that. Um, and there's so many impressions. I, I mean, I just love doing all sorts of impressions. But I would say those are the two that I pull out to the point where people get really frustrated and go, what are you doing? Just shut up. <laughs> um. would, you, would you mind doing a little bit of The Sims for us? We got pretty excited whenever we talked about that earlier. Oh, well, so, so guys, Zoma of the Cable. Oh, the Gostanob. Ah, who's the book? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> This is amazing. That's great. Yeah. Don't That's ask good. me what that means. I don't know. I know that yeah. Sul means hi and goodbye. Vadish means thank you. Chumcha means like food or pizza. Uh, so, yeah, we have certain words that you hit, you know, that do mean something. And then we just make stuff up the whole time that we uh, to work on that game. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a great. I was just up there last week working on a new, you know, it's the game that just keeps on going. They keep on releasing new patches and mm-hmm. fun, you know, fun new, you know, holiday stuff or whatever, whatever they do. Um, so it's really, it's a great, it's been a great great project to be part of the EA family and um, you know two things that I don't I think Far Cry 5 has been announced now that I'm part of that I'm a bunch of the uh, player characters yeah. not the actual player character but I'm you know you can connect with some of these townspeople and, and join and they join your militia and so I'm I'm a few of those voices and I'm also in Battlefield, uh, Battlefront 2, the new Star Wars game. I'm the voice of Lee Kai, who in the second game, the resurrection part of the game, I'm, you know, one of the first levels. I'm flying one of the, one of these freighters and, uh, trying to take down the, uh, the player character. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. I could go down my res- voiceover wise. I could go down that resume all day long. <laughs> I'm very lucky and it's very long, but. Yeah, the, you know, wrap it, you know, wrapping it up, getting back the best impressions. I would say Homer, Doc Brown, you know, and then uh, I did George Bush for the Howard Stern show for a number for a number of times there. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I got to do that job for a while. Um, yeah, I, I got to voice match Tom Hardy for the Revenant movie. Um, there's a lot of fun things that you'll never even know I was part of um, because. Um, because, like, you know, you sign these papers saying, oh, I can't say this or I can't, you know, I can't even talk about projects. But but I will say, trust me, trust me when I tell you that there's been some amazing jobs and, and that I've had that I cannot tell you anything about. And no one will ever know because I'm under contract saying that I can't do it. Wow. Maybe on my deathbed, I'll, maybe on my deathbed, I can do a, one more Quack Attack podcast and tell you everything. All right, we'll do it. We'll yeah. be there. We'll, we'll still be, there. be doing it. Yeah, know, like... So. Forty years from now, yeah, we'll be. Uh... <laughs> I was the voice of Santa Claus. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, anyway. All right. But so... man, uh, I I really appreciate it. This has been so much fun. Just uh, just talking away, and uh, I'm sorry if I just talked too much. But no, that's but it's fine. Been a great time. That's fine. We're gonna. I love your podcast. I listen. I listen to all your podcasts. Actually, I do need to catch up on the last. Two or, two or three, but um, which I'm gonna probably do tonight now that we oh, wow. chatted and got to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I, if you listen, you're obviously uh, you're probably familiar with the quack question where we ask the fans to send in questions for us. We try to answer them. Bring it. We put out a call for you, and we probably got more questions than we've ever gotten for, for anybody. anybody. Yeah. So we're gonna have to have you on oh. at some point just to run through all of these, but. We're going to stick Let's with... Let's do it. Let's set up another time. I won't be on my cell phone here in my car. I hope the phone never cut out or anything. But no, let's do a Gunner Stall, Ask Gunner Stall Part 2. I and like it'll it. be amazing. So uh, this one, uh, we, we couldn't help it. There's uh, one question uh, via Facebook, actually, uh, that spurred two follow-up questions. So you're going to have to stick with me here. It'll be three questions in succession from Ben Young, Andy Tattersall, and Christian Garcia. So the question Let's is: go. questions are, why did you decide to stop on the shootout and do a slap shot? 
And what was the point of doing a triple deke, was, which was actually just stick handling, if you were going to stop at the point and let the goalie reset? And how come it took so long for everyone to know whether it went in or not? <laughs> well, um, to answer those questions, uh, I feel the, okay, because I'm a show-off, I would say. <laughs> I don't, because... I don't know. There was that theory that I did it to, dis- you know, despite my coach, you know, yeah. the whole triple deke and did I go glove side or white, you know, like, I think someone was saying like, you know, but Gunner, you know, they must have done research or something, uh, you know, I don't know. They must have known Julie, the cat had the fast glove, but actually they did that switch last second and maybe Gunner was too nervous or focused on something else or maybe, I don't know. But um, I feel like Jeff Goldblum. Like, uh, I don't know. Oh, ah, yes. Uh, maybe, uh, yes. Um, but, yeah, stopping. I'm not sure why I stopped. Uh, what really happened in real life filming the movie, They, I wasn't there for half of the – I wasn't there for, for that stop. That, I don't think that's me stopping because um, a hockey stop is almost a bit like a – like a like a fingerprint like you kind of you can look at someone hockey stop and you can go that's me or that's not mm-hmm. me and that actually was better form on a hockey stop than i have when <laughs> when i'm stopping on that side so they must use the stunt belt you know and, and as a kid actor they could only use me for a certain amount of hours a day so i remember shooting that final scene they had already when i showed up they had my stunt double out on the ice and they had already been filming and then i took over for the slap shot um, for the, then we did the side shot of me skating up, you know, doing the actual triple deke. I don't know. The editor then threw in that stop, which kind of made me, you know, I wondered the same thing. Why the crowd didn't know. I'm going to say because Gunner's shot was so fast <laughs> that not even the, not even the crowd, not even Julie, the cat, not even the, you know, I don't know if there were those goalie lights, you know, how they have now the lights, like the second yeah. the puck goes in, the light, yeah. you know, sensors. I don't think they had sensors. But I think it was just such a fast, everyone just, time stopped, and everyone just went, whoa, now that is a real hockey player. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but I think in reality, they just, they just said, look, let's build suspense. Let's cut this in and make it seem this way. <laughs> but uh, because definitely me, when I really did do that shot, it probably never even went anywhere near the goal itself. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I really don't. These are great questions that I do not at all know the answers to, um, to be honest. Uh, why would you stop after doing a triple D? I mean, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. And then yeah. you're kind of, and you're so, you're so far from the goal at that point. When you do that slap shot, it's like the goalie has an hour and a half to like see where the puck's going and catch it. I mean, it's like she could have gone out and had a slice of pizza and come back, and that thing still wouldn't have been on its way to the goal. So um, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I have to think about it. Maybe that will be for our next interview I'll have answered. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, if the puck stops, the, the shot is over. So like that illegally, <laughs> it just ends. But, uh, real quick. Pretty much. That is that's actually a good one, yeah, true. <laughs> Real quick, what do you say to that theory that Gunner sort of missed on purpose to spite Wolf the Dentist? I think it's very interesting. I think that I've never really thought about that until a, until a few months ago I, I read something about that. And, uh, and I think that it's very interesting because, you know, there was, and I'll kind of, you know, I know the time is short, I'll leave you with this. There was a second way that we shot the you lost it for yourself line, which most people don't know about another podcast exclusive here at the quack attack, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we shot two versions of that. Now the version in the movie, I go up and I go, I walk past my coach and he says, Gunner. And I turn around and he goes, you lost it for me. And then I say, you lost it for yourself. Walk away. Say, let's go shake their hand. The first version we shot was me getting off the ice. I walk by the coach. He says, Gunner, you lost it for me. I walk back up to him, to his face. I push him real hard into all the sticks that were behind him. And all the sticks crash down. And I, and I, almost don't, I don't yell at him, but I, a lot firmer and louder, I say, you lost it for yourself. And then I walk away. And they thought that that was too mean. Um, they thought that that was like, 
painting too. You know, they wanted to, you know, they they wanted to make Gunner a good person in the mm-hmm. end, and he's sort of, you know, the the good, the, you know, he's the one. I don't, I don't know. He would be like the Darth Vader at the end of Star Wars that ended up, uh, you know, throwing the Emperor off the bridge. Um, but he sort of, you know, it's like he was the good guy. So so it wouldn't make sense for him to stoop to that level of evil and push the coach. So we shot it both ways, um, and then they and they used the tame version. Somewhere I wonder it would be so awesome to see some of these other scenes that uh, didn't make it into the movie. There's also a whole Venice Venice Beach fight scene that we yeah. shot that um, that never made it into the film, unfortunately. And I wonder if it's sitting somewhere. I wonder if Jordan has a copy of you know that 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 we can leak or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that was uh, in the novelization, right? It was in the novelization where Iceland beat up the Mighty Ducks, yeah, on the beach. I recent I recently heard about that, and there's even a photo in one of those novelizations uh, from being on set there. And I'll probably I'll try to dig up some pictures and put them up on. Um, I have some photos from that day. Oh, I think, and I'll put them up on my uh, Instagram page there if you all want to check that out. Again, uh, the Scott White W H Y T E, and I will. Uh, I'll try to post. Uh, let me know when this comes out, and I'll post a few. Um, I'll post a few pictures and stuff around that same time, so it'll be like a, again, the Quack Attack exclusive. You know, all I right. feel bad all these years. You know, we didn't get to meet up all this time and do this podcast, but now we're doing it, and I'm going to make it up to you guys. So, uh, well. and again, the gift basket. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for those slim jims. I'm going to put like a little block of cheese in there, a little wheel of cheese for you guys. So. <laughs> You got a potpourri bathroom spray and a wheel of cheese. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we appreciate it. Again, uh, if you want to get to know Scott White at all, Instagram, the Scott White, Twitter, the Scott White, uh, YouTube.com slash the Scott White, uh, anywhere else they should go. No, you can come over to my mom's house. She makes really good chili. <laughs> all right. I'm there. You can, you can meet me there, too. I'll be at my mom's place this weekend having chili with them. So. <laughs> yes. And Shout that out is... to my mom, my dad, my brother, my dog, <laughs> and my, my little baby dog, Andy, and Chantel. My little dog, Andy, is turning one today, my little pit bull. I got pictures up, in, up nice. on Instagram. He's going to be one years old. He's just a little baby guy, and I love him so much. So. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's me giving a shout out to my homies right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, white is W H Y T E. Uh, for us, the quackattack.com go there, contact us at quackattackpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quackattackpod. You can go to the shop, buy your shirts, uh, go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us whether you think Gunnar Stahl missed the penalty shot on purpose. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. <laughs>